Well, today we're going to talk about God is our source. Amen. I kind of mentioned it last Sunday uh, when I was doing the offering, and I'm so glad God is so faithful. He always flashes that light on what he wants you to focus on. And so what that's what I've been focusing on, and it's never just for me. And so anyway, so we're going to get started. Father, we worship you. We magnify you, and we lift you up. But we just thank you for this opportunity to come into your throne room and to sit at your feet and have the the word be broke open so that we can come up higher, so that we can get to know you better. We just love you, Lord. Now, Satan, I bind you. I break your power. I take authority over this atmosphere, and I command to fall in line with the word of God. Father, I ask you to give me your wisdom and your knowledge and your revelation. Lord, let this word be a blessing to your people so they can fall in love with you more, like I always do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So anyway, God is our source, and I want to just encourage you in that today. So I'm going to keep saying that, because last week when I did the offering and the Lord said, remind them that I'm their source, sometimes... Most of the time when we think God is our source, we, you know, we get that ATM machine thought. You know, you just think money. And he's more than just that. Amen. He's more. That's that's so small compared to what he is for us when we make him like that. So anyway, we're going to start out in Psalms 121. Again, we're going to preach on God is our source. And so the what I what I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me. It's when things come up in our in our lives, what does you know how your computer has a default? Everybody got a new phone, your phone got the default system set up. And so you have to go in there and if you want to customize something, you gotta change your ringer, you gotta change your text tone. And see that's how it is when you're born again. You gotta get in God's word and let the Holy Spirit change the defaults that are on inside of you. So when a need comes up, you default to God and not who can help me. Or anything else. So anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we're going to change our default system today. So starting in Psalms 121. So first I'm going to read it to you out of the New King James Version. And then I found a new version. And uh, I think I stole it from the Copelands. But anyway, I liked it. So I'll read that to you later. But anyway, Psalms 121, the psalmist is singing a worship song. And he says, I will lift up my eyes. And then he asked the question, from where does my help come? Or the King James Version says, from whence comes my help? Then the psalmist goes on to say, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. That means I will stabilize you. Live live fearless. Don't let the devil move you. Bad news comes. Don't let the devil move you. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. In other words, God said, I ain't never sleep. I see everything. Trust me, I see it all. You don't have to prove yourself to nobody. I don't never sleep. I see it all. Behold, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. That's a good God. He's That's better than a watchdog. The Lord is your keeper. He's the one who takes care of you. Not your job, not your husband. These are resources. It's a difference. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. When the world tries to burn you with different things, he comes and shades you. He's your keeper. He's your protector. 
you know, I used to sell, well, I kind of still sell Mary Kay, but all of our stuff has SPF 30. Protect you from aging. That's God. He's your SPF 30. He will shade you. He's your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He's your source for divine protection. I don't care where you live. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And real quick, I wanted to share something. I know some of you have heard this, but not all. You know, when I uh, when the ministry first started, I hate to say first started traveling, but when we started traveling in our big bus, at that time I was living in Cleveland. And, uh, we're, and we would bring the bus home and uh, keep it in our driveway. So when we went to our Toledo monthly empowerment meetings, you know, we left from home, and then we would go and pick the people up. And I had some local crackheads that used to sit and watch me leave. And it used to make my heart sink because it was like that rush of anxiety. They sitting on the porch waving by, and I'm like, Lord, protect you know, protect the house, protect the kids, you know. And uh, because we did have a um, – I don't remember what time. I don't know. I don't remember when it was, but it was a time that we did have somebody break in our garage. They couldn't get in the house, but they broke in our garage and we had gotten some um, uh, we had just purchased some paint to to paint the outside of our house. Expensive paint. (laughs) And we got home and they had uh, somebody. And we didn't know for a minute because they went like a rat. They went to the back of the garage and made a hole and went in through the back. So we didn't know for a minute even stole my garbage can and the lord really had to help me because when i found out who did it of course i couldn't prove it but you know everybody know the neighborhood crackhead one day i was coming down the street and i slammed on the brakes and stopped my truck and i told the neighborhood crackhead i said if you ever come in my driveway or my house i will kill you and i was a spirit-filled christian and one of my neighbors told me it was like darling 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 and they were like, she crazy. She crazy. I said, yeah, I am crazy when it comes to my stuff. But anyway, and it just, and then, um, but it was the worst feeling in the world. And at the same time, I was mad at God because I felt like he let me down. So I'm just going to be honest with y'all. And so, so uh, my husband and my brother-in-law came and they made bars. Well, not, not made, but put bars up, you know, re- put this. And that way, if they tried to drill a hole, their head was going to hit them bars. <laughs> But the Lord taught me how he told me to get in my word and believe him for supernatural divine protection. And it got to the, now I'll make a long story short, it got to the point where when I went out of town, they watched my house. He turned the table because you remember Jan, Miss Jan, when we had that power outage and you came over my house and you checked on us. And I think we might have been at the conference. And when I got back in town, they said a lady came over. He, they described your hair, your car. <laughs> so the, I remember Pastor Barb came over one day in the afternoon, and uh, she had uh, groceries. They unloaded her car, and it was just like the Lord, but he's my source. He said, I'm, I'm your protector. And so he, he, has, he has proven that to me. He said, I'm your keeper. I'm your source. And so this is bigger than just money, y'all. When he says, I'm your source, and they got to the point where I could leave and go to the conference or go to Toledo and know my house was protected. He turned the tide on the devil. 
and those folks that I call crackheads, they came for prayer. You know, and, and God just, I mean, he had to, he helped me where I, cause I never forget one, one time this lady told me, she said, honey, she didn't even know what she was saying to me, but it, it hit me. She said, honey, it ain't where you live, it's how you live. And so you got divine protection. I don't care where you at. If God is your source. Amen. Amen. So anyway, I want to share the same, uh, Psalm 121 out of the, uh, NCV. And it's, I think it's called the New Contemporary Version. Like I said, I mooshed it off the Copelands. And it says, a song for going up to worship. And the psalmist was singing. He says, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? He asked the question. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you be defeated. Why? Because he's your source. He who guards you never sleeps. He was, he's all, he's always was watching over my house. But see, I was in fear when I left. So I opened, I opened the door to the devil. Fear and fear and man and not God, not trusting God. And, and by the way, we got all that paint back. And my mother-in-law, uh, she was always resourceful. And she called me and she said, Darlene, there's some kind of grant going on in Cleveland and you can sign up for it. And at that time I didn't work. Howard worked. I was home with the kids and she, we, she told us about that grant. We signed up. We got all that Sherwin Williams paint back and got the outside of our house painted. So the devil didn't get away with anything. Everything he stole from us, we got it back with a sevenfold return and we got it back free. Amen. It says, he who guards you never sleeps. He who guards Israel never rests or sleeps. He's always watching over you. And see, when I think about this, I think about when you have your newborn baby and that mother's always hovering over, you know, putting your finger underneath their nose to make sure they're still breathing or laying your hand on their back. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, feeding them, making sure they're not drinking too much so they don't choke. That's how God is for us. The Lord guards you. The Lord is the shade. He protects you from the sun. The sun could not hurt you during the day and the moon could not hurt you at night. The Lord will protect you from all danger. He will guard your life. We have a protected life because God is watching over us. Why? Because he, this is when you make, he, he is our source, so we have to make God our source. That's the, that's the key here. The Lord will guard you as you come. The Lord will guard you as you come and you go, both now and forever. Amen. And so that's that's one uh, area where the Lord wanted me to 120 Psalms 121. The psalmist says, where is my help coming from? And then as he was singing the worship song, God gave him a revelation. It's coming from me, the one who neither slumbers nor sleep, the one who will protect you. I don't care where you live. I ain't going to be asleep. I'll be up all night watching over you, protecting you, keeping you safe, making sure everything you need is provided for. To live a successful and a fulfilled Christian life, we must know that God is our source. Know that God is, know that God is our source keeps us out of disappointments. And that's, so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna turn to Psalms 37. I just, you know, I just don't believe that Christians should live disappointed. I could be wrong, but I mean, that's just the way I feel. Because I, you know, because I just feel like, I feel like this. I don't want to disappoint my kids. And God said, if, you know, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your kids, how much more would I do for you? 
So if I don't want my kids disappointed, why would he want me disappointed? But but the thing is making him your source. Because, see, I feel like when you're disappointed, maybe you're going in a direction that he has not ordained for you to go in. And when things don't work out right, you're disappointed. But did you ever look up like the psalmist says, where is my help coming from? In other words, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Keeps you out of disappointment, making him your source. Remember, we're changing our default. Our mind is going to go to God. Lord, is this is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to work? That's our default. Not can I get the hook up? Somebody told me about this. That that keeps you disappointed. So anyway, um, Psalms 37, and I'm going to read verse 3 and 4. And this is the psalmist David. David knew God was his source. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I just wrote some things down here. Trust in the Lord. It sounds simple, but most Christians have more faith in people, jobs, their talents, and their abilities, etc., more than trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord causes him to reign in every area of our life. Then the psalmist said, do good. What's doing good? We're talking about getting our heart's desires, y'all. That's a, it's a, your heart's desire and having your needs met, two different animals. The psalmist said, do good. So how do we do good to get our heart's desire? Forgive, love, give, serve. Practice the fruits of the Spirit. And that's Galatians 5.22. If you don't know, we used to, I remember when I first got saved, and well, I got saved, and I thank God I got saved and came right into this ministry. So I had never heard of fruits of the Spirit. And it seemed like Pastor Barb and Pastor Shirley had fruit everywhere. Remember, we always have fruit on everything. But it taught me the fruit. I didn't know what the fruits of the Spirit was. <laughs> you know, somebody make you mad, you get back at them. If I cuss you out, you cuss them out. You know. <laughs> so, and so anyway, Galatians 5.22, what is the fruit? And I know Brother Hagen would always say practice them. Love, joy, patience, long-suffering. You don't have to retaliate, y'all. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And self-control is they say something, you don't say anything back, but then you go on Facebook. Just forgive. Practice the fruits of the spirit. The psalmist says if you want your heart's desire, do good. Amen. Then he goes on to say dwell in the land. You might say I'm living. What land? Live in the kingdom. Walk in the spirit. Feast on God's word and his faithfulness. We're talking about getting your heart's desire. Because the bottom line is, is God your source or are you your source? Delight yourself in the Lord. Worship the God from whom all blessings flow. James 1, 16 and 17 says, oh, I was going to read it. But, uh, okay, well, yeah, I will read it then. We know it, but we're going to read it. This is Bible study, so got your Bible here. Okay, James 1. 16 and 17. 
Don't ever forget where you came from. Because sometimes when your closet get full of clothes and you look on the floor, you ain't got no shoe space because you got a bunch of shoes and, you know, your car's paid off. Sometimes you forget where your source is. So it's always to have that childlike faith. And like David Baroni said, always have that holy desperation for more of Jesus. Always have that. Your life with God should never be dull. Because we live in an ever-increasing kingdom. Eight, I'm sorry, I'm going to the page. I was going to tell y'all my page number. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. James 1, 16 and 17. It says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brother. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, of whom there is no variation or shadow or turning. So that's the God you want to serve so that you can get your heart's desire. See, it's God is in covenant with us. He's going to meet our needs. He's going to put food on the table, clothes on your back. He's going to make sure you have shelter. But having your needs being met and getting your heart's desire is a difference between an ox and an elephant. It's a big difference. That's people that don't get their heart's desire. They live out of disappointment and they think that God is not good. No, you never make God your source. And see, making God your source is easy when you have a revelation of who he really is. Then and only then will God give you the desires of your heart. Okay. But the desires of your heart being fulfilled comes from a heart sold out to Jesus, putting him first. Live a life without disappointment by making and recognizing that God is your only source. Only source. And so I'm going to, let's go to Psalms 139. Oh, you know what? I'm going to read this on my Bible. I'm going to read this out the New Living, the NLT. We're talking about God being our source, living without disappointment. Psalms 139 is special to me. Uh, when the ministry first started having conferences, it was uh, not long after my parents died because my dad died in, let me see how it was born in 89. My father died in 90. My mother died in 95. And during that time, that's when I really started, you know, serving in the ministry. And I remember when my dad died in 90, Pastor Barb told me to pray. She said, ask the Lord to fill that void up in your heart that your dad held. And I said, Okay, because I was just so desperate, you know, for my for a father's love that it was an excellent ideal. And then this this ministry fulfilled that void or that hole that was in my heart from losing my dad. And then five years later, my mother passed away. So I've already told you all about that time I walked in uh, Brother Exxon's church and I heard that uh, guest speaker preaching. As soon as he walked in, as soon as I walked in, he said, uh. He didn't give the scripture because I had to actually had to go home and look it up. But when I walked in, he was preaching Psalms 2710. And he said, when your father and your mother forsake you, then the Lord will take you up. And it's like when I walked in Bishop Exum's, yeah, Bishop, yeah, he Exum's church, Bishop Exum, the, that guest speaker was preaching that. And it was like 
See, I don't know how God do y'all. He don't pat me on the back. I feel like I always get slapped around. But it, but it's what I need. You know, you got the kid that you can talk to, but then you got the kid. You got to be a little bit more forceful. So I, I think I'm that kid. So, but that's okay because he gets his point across. So when I walked in his church, and I'm down, just had Joshua, my mom and I here to see my new baby, and da 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 da. And it's like when I walked in and I heard that scripture, I literally felt like somebody pulled me up in my collar and said, get yourself together because I'm alive. I'm the one that's taking care of you. Get yourself together. Get yourself together. And so anyway, amen. God is good. God is good. And so I know my kids think I'm a little rough. I'm thinking, if you knew how God dealt with me, that's why I'm a little brutal. He'd be a little brutal. with That's my Daniel, my Daniel. The one, you brutal. I said, yeah, well. <laughs> God be a little brutal with me too. But anyway, so anyway, Psalms 27, I held on to it. I still hold on to it. I still hold on to it. And then uh, not long after I had Joshua, we started having conferences. And we used to have Prophet Alan Wilson come. And I'll never forget, he prophesied to me one day, and I had to go and look it up because I didn't, I didn't know it. And he looked at me and he told me that Psalms 139 was tattooed on my forehead. And so when I went home, I read it and I cried. And so what, I'm a big girl today. I'm going I'm to read it without crying. But it, it, but, the, but this is making God your source. We talk about making God your source. Amen. So anyway, I'm going to read it out of the NLT. Oh, let me turn to it. Cause see, I'm just, I'm just sharing with y'all what God is sharing with me. You know, this is, this is where I live. I can't preach to y'all about being a millionaire because I ain't no millionaire. So I got to talk to y'all about what I'm growing in my garden. (laughs) So anyway, Psalms 139, a New Living Translation. And this is the Psalm of David. He was worshiping the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. And that, that was good news for me. Because, see, there when I got saved, there was things in my past. I needed to repent of, but I was so ashamed to repent of them. Sometimes I wrote them down. Then I had other things I needed to repent of. I used to whisper them like he couldn't hear me. Yep, yep. See, the scripture set me free. It says, Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down. You know when I stand up. You know my thoughts far away. You, he knows when you smiling at somebody and got hatred in your heart. He knows all that. Go to God and repent. Let him heal you. He said, I see you when you travel and when you were resting at home. He said, I see you, Darlene. I know everything about me. Everything you, everything you do don't surprise me. You know, every, I know everything you do. You know, I'm just going to uh, I'm gonna come back to verse four. But I remember one day I was outside watering my flowers. I lived in Cleveland and I was still, you know, getting to know my Bible, which I still am. And I heard prophetess Juanita Bynum preaching on TV. I had never heard the scripture. And she said, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And God says, I know it. And I thought about that scripture. I was outside watering my flowers and conviction hit me. And it was like, clean your heart up. Don't You can walk around with a smile on your face, but I know what's inside. Let me clean you up. 
Amen. This is when you make God your source. I mean, you can live a real Christian life or you can be a hypocrite. So, but I think I'm talking to some born again, sold out Christians. Okay. So I'm just being now, oh, hey, what you see is what you get. You know, so God can convict me and I'm outside watering my plants and crying because I thought about a sermon, you know, because I, you know, I like Juanita Vinum. And when she said that, I was thinking, wow, that's deep. And then that scripture hit me and it was like she was talking. God used her to talk to you. <laughs> you thinking, wow, she getting them straight. No, I'm getting you straight. <laughs> so anyway, verse four, he says, you know what? I, this is David talk about God. He said, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. There ain't none of this. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you go before me, God, and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And see, David knew it. David was like me. He had sin. He wanted to cover up, too. But God said, I don't seen it all, David. Just come to me naked so I could heal you. And David was saying, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. He said, God, you're so deep. Lord, I have messed up so much, but you love me so much, and I just can't figure you out. And that's what he's saying. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings in the morning, if I dwell in the Father's oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me. That means that little stuff you want to do, that little shady stuff, and you think don't nobody see it. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to to become night. But even in the darkness, I could not hide from you, Lord. You see my sinful thoughts and my little nasty things that I do that nobody else sees, that I think nobody else sees. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. That's why you got to make God your source because you can't pull the wool over his eyes like you can your parents. Like, <laughs> I want to tell you all so real quick. I, uh, the school when I still lived in Cleveland, everybody loved Lil Howard at Empire. They just thought he was an angel. <laughs> so, and there was this kid, his mom worked in the cafeteria. And uh, her, I, I won't say her name, and her son, I think, I don't know, her son was in somebody's class. But he was a cute little boy, a little chubby, easy to be picked on. You see them kind of kids, they're kind of easy to be picked on. So my kids were playing on the phone one night, and they called his house and was saying that he was fat. And, you know, just, so they, so of course, you know, folks was getting caller ID, so they called the school. My kids was too <laughs> Stupid to realize that they had caller ID. So the secretary said, Mrs. Dillard, Miss such and such called, and she said that there was a call from your, you know, and some kids were playing on the phone. So it was one of your boys. I just wanted to see if you could talk to the boys, and they need to apologize. And then she goes, you know, it's probably Daniel or Joshua. <laughs> And honestly, I thought it was Daniel, too. <laughs> Daniel was the practical jokester. And just the things that just the things that they said, he said, I said, I know that was Daniel. So anyway, let's fast forward to 2008. 
and we're sitting at the dining room table, and the kids was like, remember that time we called Miss Such-and-Such? Daniel talking. Remember that time we called Miss Such-and-Such House, and Lil Howard was talking about her son, and he was, and she asked, who is this? Oh, that's what it was. She said, who is this? And he was too stupid. He said, Howard. And that's why she thought it was Daniel or Joshua. And Daniel said, Lil Howard would have got away with it, but he's so stupid. He said his name. And I was like, you did that, Howard? He was like, yeah. And Daniel said, I know you thought it was me. And she did. <laughs> you know, I found out later, Lil Howard used to sign my name on his F papers. You know, when you get an F. He knew how to sign my name. So anyway, God said, I ain't like that, but you can fool your mama. But I know what I'm dealing with. Okay, so I'm, I just want to make y'all laugh at this. Okay, verse 13, date. The psalmist is going on and said, you made all the delicate, the delicate inner parts of my body. And you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you. He he thanked God. He said, thank you for making me wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You know, the King James Version says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He thanked God for making him different. Did y'all ever read in the Bible where David looked at somebody else and compared them himself to them or said, Lord, I wish you would have made me like such and such? David knew he was unique. I mean, heck, the prophet got invited to the house, all the brothers in the house looking to see who's going to be anointed king, and they left him out with the sheep. He was overlooked. But the thing about it is he thanked God that he was fearfully, wonderfully made. He never said, I wish I was like such and such. He didn't. You never see where he compared himself to anybody and see that God was his source. He knew when he had to fight Goliath, he said, you know what God did for me? He said he gave me strength. And I took the, uh, the uh, I, I slayed the bear and the lion. He said I snatched that thing out of his mouth and then I beat him and I killed him. He knew who he was. He knew God made him different. He knew God gave him strength. And so that's the lesson, y'all. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Nobody else is like us. Nobody can do what we can do. Don't despise who you are. Love who you are. God is your source. That keeps you out of disappointment. That keeps you out of We're talking about, yeah, God, I'm talking about God being our source, but we're trying to, well, we also stand out of disappointment because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Quit comparing yourself. There's things only you can do. There's people only you can reach. There never in a million years I thought I'd be, Working in Mansfield, coming across some of the people I come across at all. I said, if I took a, a picture, a selfie with some of the folks that call me friend, y'all be like, no, the backslid. I got a little girl. She a college student. She loved me to death. She called me Mama Nola. And her hair's rainbow. She wear rainbow clothes. She got rainbow glasses. And I'm praying for her deliverance. She watches what she says about what she says. You know what I'm saying? Because she know I'm a Christian. But she called me Mama Nola. Sometimes she'll get on the bus and she'll ride around with me because she don't like to sit at the transit station. And so I got another guy. He come up to me. We get fist bump. He's bald head. He got skull tattooed on it. He got crosses tattooed on his face. You see him coming. You want to go in the other direction. 
one day he came up to me and he was like, my mom died. And I just, I'm, what am I going to say? You know what I'm saying? I, you know, and I had to talk. To, I mean, I had to, but my heart went out to him. He could have went to any, why he chose me. You know what I'm saying? So do you. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I didn't think I'd be the type to attract. I mean, I don't know. You t- <laughs> I mean, who, whatever. If somebody, you don't ever know what people see. So what the, whatever light, and I ain't trying to be new age. If they, whatever light they see is the Holy Ghost. So just give God's love to people. Cause I'm telling y'all, y'all, if y'all saw the folks that I talked to, y'all would say, whoo. So, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's people that's made in God's image. They just don't know who they are and they just look a little different. You know, they just, but we're, but David wasn't caught up and he, he knew who he was. That's what I like about David. He said, Lord, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, it says you and David, he went on to say, he said, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark, in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. That's why God is your source, because he knows you. He, everything that we're doing today, he already wrote it down. Every, the Bible says every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So when we were still in our mother's room, he said, Brianna's going to be born on this day, and this is what I got planned for her. You know, and this is how he does, this how, that's how much he loves us. That's why we need to make him our source. He, don't nobody else know you like he knows you. Those likes, dislikes, he knows all about that. That's why I can't, Go over Avis's house and look at her closet and say, you know what? God never gave me that. God never gave me that. Because he made, he made Avis. He made me. He knows what we both like. He knows what's our favorite color. Just work with God. Make him your source so you won't be disappointed in comparing. Amen. It says, oh, it says, oh God. Oh no, I, I skipped. So let me go back up. Oh yeah, this is important. Verse 17, it says, how precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? See, God ain't mad at you when you blood washed. You know, when you when we mess up, yes, He's not happy with our sin, but He, when you when He's your source and you love Him, you want to please Him, so you repent and you're godly sorry. It says, it, it's, again, in verse 17, it says, "How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They cannot be numbered." David said, "I'll be here all day." If I tried to count everything that you, every good thing you think about me, I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. That's how much you think about me. That's how much you love me. That's how much you want the best for me. You know, Jeremiah told us that. Jeremiah 29 and 11, he told us that. And the psalmist goes on to say, when I wake up, you are still with me. So it's like when you wake up in the morning, God is sitting there looking down at you and say, oh, you up? Guess what I got for you to do today? He's wait. He's anticipating us waking up, talking to him, fellowshiping with him, telling him hallelujah. It says, oh, oh, God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Now, this is, you know, David is going on. He said, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you, God. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. Your enemies, God, are my enemies. And David is saying, Lord, I love you so much. I just want to, I want to destroy y'all, your enemies. 
But then something on the inside of David said, you know what, I'm not sure if that's the right thought. Verse 22, but he says, but you know what, God, search me, oh God, and know my heart and test me and know my anxious thoughts. See, God knows when we're anxious, fearful. He knows when we're in unforgiveness. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And that's Psalms 139. And that's a love letter to all of us. When you got hatred in your heart, go to God. It ain't okay. It's not okay. If you got, you know, I got folks at my job that GD this and GD that. I don't like it. It's offensive, but I still got to lay my life down and love them. So when that time comes, when they need a word in season, I got, there's an open door. You know, you can be the Christian that they know that there's only so much they can say. And then there's other Christians. They just, she just a nut. Like I have some, well, I have somebody that I work with and they're a little extreme to the point that they make most of the coworkers mad because they're overboard. And sometimes I'll be wanting to say, you sit over there. Don't, because, <laughs> because she knows I'm a Christian. And somebody actually challenged her yesterday and the room got quiet. I left because I was, because <laughs> she said something that he was like, I'm a Christian. I love God. Why do you talk to me like that all the time? I was like, baby, I'm out. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, but what was I saying? <laughs> be the Christian that yes their lifestyle may be offensive but don't be so religious that you can't reach out and touch them and that's what the Lord was telling David that's what you know David figured that out yes your enemies are my enemies but Lord get the things out of me that offend me you know because it's people that some they just they just cuss but that you know but if they need God what you gonna do I'm not going to help you because I heard you cussing. I mean, we that's, you know what I'm saying? Lay your life down. Lay your life down. Well, you ain't got no reputation. Lay your life down. Lay your life down. Okay. So anyway, Psalms 139, that's God's perfect knowledge of us. Read that love letter. Never be ashamed to go to God. Never be ashamed. Because he, when he's your source. Keep it transparent with him. Keep it trans because he he already knows, but he wants to know: Do you love me enough to confess your little wickedness and know that I won't turn my back on you? Because see, that's that's like I said, I had things I knew I knew I needed to confess, so I couldn't bring myself to say it. So I wrote it down, and then other times I whispered them, but I still gave it over to him. Because he's my source. He's my God. He made me. I don't surprise him. Amen. Amen. And uh, Psalms 30:15 says, In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. This scripture should make us all feel favored. Not arrogant. When you, when you know, when you know what God has placed inside of you, and he owns that gift, you can live in confidence. Your gift will make room for you and open doors for you. That's when God is your source. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. I uh, This was a long time ago. 
we were at empowerment meeting in Toledo, and I think we were at the Scott the park the Scott Park campus because I remember standing on the stage because I remember I stood next to Miss Audrey, and uh, Pastor Barb had a word for everybody. I don't even know, but it was like she went down the line and she gave everybody a scripture, and that one was mine, and it has stuck with me all these years. And quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And then later on, you know, as I, you know, things come up later on and the Lord will say, that's what that meant. So in other words, you don't have to go around and say, I know how to do that. I know how to do Now he said in, in quietness and confidence, if you know how to do it, keep it to yourself. Because when it's time for that to be done, if your name is on that miracle, I'll pull your name and, and you'll take care of that. You don't have to walk around saying, oh, I know how to do that. You don't have to blow your own horn. You don't have to kick no doors in. God, Jesus, I read, I just finished reading this book and, uh, by Brother Hagen and it said, Jesus, the open door. And I loved it. Brother Hagen said, Jesus is your door opener. So we ain't got to kick doors in. This is living in confidence, y'all. You ain't got to be at your job pointing out somebody else's failures so that you can shine to the boss. You go to work. You mind your business. You pray in tongues. Ask the Lord to give you a door of utterance. If you don't, keep your mouth shut. When it's time for promotion, you won't get overlooked. You ain't got to kick no doors in and say, oh, I know how to do that. He knows where you are. Just like when David was out there with the sheep, God knew where he was at. Because he told the prophet, he said, ain't none of these it. And he said, is all these your sons? And he said, well, I got one more. He said, well, go get him. David wasn't out there saying, hey, I got some abilities. I got some skills. My brothers ain't never did what I did. David ain't never do that. He was faithful out there singing. He was out there taking care of his daddy's sheep and worshiping God. Worshiping God. So anyway, I wrote on here, competition can't take up residence in your heart. Amen. That's no, no. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is only one you, and there is only one of me. Live a life to please God, and he will show off the treasure that he's placed inside of us. Amen. Like I was just, I was blown back when I saw those uh, wallets that Miss Brianna did. You know, there's, we all, don't just, you know, uh, it's Psalms. I didn't have it written down, but it's Psalms 138. I want y'all to write this down. Psalms 138. And this verse 8, this was just, um, it's not written down, but this is something to, when you, when God is your source and you make God your source, and I said we don't have to live in competition and we don't have to live pulling somebody else down so that you can rise to the top. And you looking at somebody else, maybe they gift, you know, shines more than, that's what I love about, um, Prophet Waller and when Prophetess Kelly comes in the conference. If you notice, they don't get up there and try to out-preach each other. You know, uh, uh, Prophetess Kelly will make reference to something Pastor Shirley said. Pastor Shirley will make reference, you know what I'm saying? We flow together. And so anyway, and that's the way it should be. It's not, I'm the, I'm the chief prophet of Michigan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and I'm the second in line from Barbados. You know, it's we got one father, 
We're brothers and sisters. We're making this thing work. Amen. But anyway, write this down when things like that come up in your heart. Because they come up in my heart. So I'm going to be honest. So this is something that I revert back to. So, I mean, if you could be honest and say things hit you the wrong way sometimes, go back to Psalms 138. And this is verse 8. And it says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. You don't ever have to be jealous. It says, your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. And then it says, do not forsake the work of your hands. So whatever God has blessed you, whatever gifts, talents, abilities, don't forsake it. Work it. Do you work your corner, be all that God has called you to do, and shine, shine. There's room for all of us. I loved it. I don't know if it was Pastor Barbara, Pastor Shirley was saying, there ain't no line or next up or something. You know what I mean? It, we all working together. We all working together. We One person can't save the world. Amen. Amen. So anyway, while we're on that uh, thing of promotion, I, uh, how am I doing on time? I'm probably... Oh, okay, okay. So anyway, well, since we're talking about, <laughs> that was funny. Y'all was so anyway, with promotion, because he got, like I said, God being your source, that's more than bread and water on the table. God, you know, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. So anyway, with promotion, I, I really do want to talk about that because we're all looking to be promoted. You might say, well, no, I'm not. I don't even work anymore. No, you're looking to come up higher in God. You know, you lay hands on your family members and the, maybe the fever, it takes two days. So it's like, Lord, how do I get it where the fever leaves immediately? So we're all looking to come up higher. You know, and if you're on your job, you're looking for more money, promotion, God will not ever overlook you. So I just want to encourage you with that because when he's your source, you won't be disappointed. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. That was a Hosanna song. And it's not, oh, I'm doing this lowly job. Like, uh, what's his name? I love him on The Voice, uh, the country singer. I don't know his name. Uh, yes. When he wants them to pick him as a coach, he always does a singer like this. <laughs> so that ain't humility. Look at me. I'm doing the job nobody else wants to do. No. Is James, James, the brother of Jesus, said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. That means when ain't nobody looking but him, and he'll lift you up. Humility is an attitude of your heart. It ain't what you do. Because we can all do a lot of stuff grudgingly. That's why it even talks about it when you give your money. He said, I love a cheerful giver. That don't mean you laughing all the way to the basket. That means you have a heart of gratitude. And then some people say, I'm just giving this because the last church I was in said, if I don't tithe, I'm cursed with a curse. And so you never know what people are thinking. But see, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard. So that humility, he said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Do the right thing when ain't nobody looking for God. Do the right thing when there's nobody there to pat you on the back. That's how you get lifted up. That's how you get lifted up. Psalm 75, 6 and 7 says, uh, verse 6, it says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Verse 7 says, But God is the judge. He's the one sitting up looking. He puts down one and he sets up another. And so that should take the, the haints off with trying to prove yourself. Prove yourself to God. 
like that uh, the the prophecy we got praise him at home hallelujah when different things come up give him a hallelujah prove yourself to god at home because it's easy to walk in here with a smile on our face and hell in our hearts you know joyce meyer said it. she said me and dave fought all the way to church and we walked in hallelujah we sat on the front row you know <laughs> But that's why I said lift yourself, I mean, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord when ain't nobody home. What's your thoughts when you're sitting on the couch and you think about sister such and such? What's your thoughts? Do you think about, you know, because, you know, there's a time, I remember, um, I think it was Tony Bunkley's mother. And it was during the time that Tony had left. And uh, And I was sitting up and I thought about something her mother did for me. And it was, I mean, she didn't do it at church. I was actually over Tony's house. I don't know. But anyway, I thought about moms. And uh, and I said, you know what? I mean, I, I thanked her. But it was like that. You ever had that, that gratitude come up in your heart? It almost bring you to tears. And, uh, and, you know, like I said, Tony had stopped coming. And I called her. And I said, Mom. She said, Nola? And I said, you know what? I was thinking about something I to remind her what it was and she said oh baby and I said you know I just wanted to let you know I really appreciate it and I did I almost was in tears because you know she got there's a lot of them how many daughters she got <laughs> yeah how many yeah eight daughters and I'm thinking out of eight daughters you gave me this God does that and I was just letting her know I said you know I you know I honestly with the thing that she gave me I ain't even have it no more <laughs> I gave it to somebody else because I knew they would appreciate it just as well. But the thing is, and then not long after that, I don't even know. I think I started talking to Miss Tony. And then not long after that, she started coming back. But the thing is, uh, I don't know what made me think about moms. Oh, what well, I'm thinking about your thoughts when you're sitting at home. So when you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, what are you thinking about at home? Like the lady with the issue of blood, she said within herself, she could have either been sitting there and saying, the doctors couldn't help me. I'm out of money. I'm doomed. I'm going to be dying soon. She could have said that. But she kept listening to the testimonies of what this man Jesus has been doing. And he seemed to be fearless. He was touching the lepers. He was going where he was talking to the sinners. He, the, the Pharisees, he, had, he was blowing their mind. And she said, this man is fearless. Everybody he touches gets healed. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, because if I crawl to him, they won't see me. They know I'm unclean. But if I crawl to him and touch the bottom, he's so anointed, I know I could be well. So what are you saying within yourself? Be honest. God is your source. The blessing's not coming like you want them to come. What are you saying within yourself? What's your heart attitude? Are you always envious when somebody else gets something? Are you always jealous? When correction comes, do you always have that grumble under the, underneath your throat? That's, he said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Then he'll lift you up. That means when you go home and you free, you know how you, somebody say something to you and then you get home and you think about it. You, you know what? She was trying to get smart with me. <laughs> do you catch yourself and say well you know what it ain't like i ain't never done it 
I'm going to give her a pass card. I forgive. You know, they talked about uh, Catherine Kuhlman, and they were interviewing her. And they asked her, they said, the, the news reporter treats you, they treat you so bad. They talk about you, you're divorced and, and da, 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 and you, and you should be preaching and you're a female preacher. She, they said, how do you do your healing ministry and love people? And, and when you see those same reporters sitting in your meetings, you don't want to retaliate. She said, I just act like the conversation never happened. She forgave. She forgave. And had a miracle healing ministry. Yes, Vinny Hinn gets his hundreds and thousands, but I ain't never seen them wrapped around the stadiums or, the, you know, the buildings like they were for Miss Coleman. She said, I just act like the conversation never happened. In other words, I forgave because God was her source. You read her book. She said she stood back there. and She would pace the floor. Norval said he saw her. So dependent on the Holy Spirit. Will he show up this time? Will he show up? She never got that arrogance that I'm Catherine Kuhlman. Last week I had tens of thousands. This week I'm going to have more. She never had that. It was always, as David Barone says, that holy desperation. Will he come? Will I obey you? Will I please you? So anyway, I just want to talk about making God our source. I want to make sure I didn't leave anything out. I talked about promotion. How you get promotion, how you get promoted, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. It's a heart attitude. Promotion don't come from people, it don't come from your boss. That's why it don't even matter if your if your boss don't like you, if God tells them to promote you, they're gonna promote you. Period. You know, I gave that uh example when I was doing an offer one time about God fighting for you and uh the the lady that was training the um, drivers, when I knew she retired, my boss and I talked about me being a, the trainer and never went anywhere. And I said, well, Lord, at least he knows. You know, I know they're looking, so at least he knows. And then it was like a, a six months later, he called me. He said, so we do need somebody to train the drivers. I wanted to know would you be willing to become an OBI train because how it is, you train, like if I trained Avis and if she passed, then I get certified as an official on bus instructor. So he called, but then the hook was, well, we're going to train you and Delmar, another gentleman. I shouldn't have probably said his name, but anyway, another co-worker. And I'm thinking, why? What school district has two trainers? And so anyway, I called my OVI, the lady that trained me, the one that taught me how to drive again after my car accident, and because uh, I knew I had to shadow somebody. And I called her. She said, uh, well, come down here because you need to shadow somebody. I'm going to put you under my OBI, and I'll be right here, and she's going to train you. And so I said, well, they're training somebody else. And she said, why? And I said, I don't know. And then she said, she said, well, you know, that's the good old boys club up there. Y'all know what that means, you know. And I am the only black OBI. I was the only black bus driver they ever had. And now that I'm gone, they ain't got another one. And uh, so she said, well, you know, it's the good old boys club up there. She said, well, you will be fine. God always used her to snatch me up. You will be fine. And so I didn't like it at all because I'm like, well, Lord, you know, it's like the promotion, but then you got a knife in your back. And so I said, okay. So anyway, I'm training somebody. He training somebody. 
And I said, oh, Lord, now here come, here come the competition. How's your girl doing? Is she ready to go get trained at the State Highway Patrol? And I told him, no, I wasn't going to set her up for failure. And I knew she wasn't ready. And I take her and those State Highway Patrol officers start drilling her, and then she's nervous. And then it just, you know. And I said, I'm going to take her when she's confident and knows that bus. I know she can do what she needs to do. So, of course, the other gentleman went first. He was in competition with himself because I was praying, Lord, you're going to help me. Just help me, you know, help me to be me. And then he took his lady and she failed and she cussed him out. She was a ex truck driver. Rough. And and I kept looking at her and I knew she looked familiar, but I didn't know where I knew her from. So then I get a call from my boss. Do you think you can train his lady? with your lady and i said yeah so now i already knew she was rough and i'm thinking because the you know the other driver now my boss didn't tell me, but the other drivers always said kathy went awful him she cussed him out in front of the state highway patrol officers and i was like oh lord so anyway when it was time for my to get with her she looked at me and she said your husband drive truck and i said yeah she said Howard, and I said, yeah, she said, I'm Kathy, and I forget her boyfriend's name, but we bought a trailer from them, but I didn't recognize her, I knew her boyfriend, and I was like, get out of here, so anyway, needless to say, she passed, and my girl passed, and so the Lord, and no competition, making God your source, amen, so my boss really didn't want me to get it, I hate to say it, but let's just, you know, good old boys club. Let's just keep it the way it's always been so we don't raise no eyebrows in the neighborhood. But God, so it don't matter. If God wants you to do something, when he opens the door, you're going to go through it. The help will be there, like Kathy told me. She said, you come down here to Amherst and you work under my OBI. We will train you as we're training you. You're training her. It's a domino effect. So really, I was training Rachel, but her OVI was training both of us. We worked together. And so God net one. So when it's time for promotion, you ain't got to kick no doors in. And then when she did pass the other lady, he wanted the paperwork to say that the other driver had trained her. Yeah. So I prayed about it, and I said, well, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? And I was at a meeting because you have to go. Then you have to go to the OBI meetings when you're training because you got to get trained from the. And so because when my boss told me, he said, well, when after she passes, we're going to sign Delmar's name on the certificate. And I was like, like, Medea, er? <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to work this out because this ain't right. So we went to our OVI meeting that everybody goes to. And see, the Lord was working on the other guy. And so he goes down and tells the, the big guy that's over all the – he's even over the drivers in Cleveland. So we're having our Mike Redfern meeting. Everybody's fearful of Mike Redfern. Mike Redfern was my OVI's fiance, So he knew who I was. So he goes down there and he's telling them the scenario. I was training this driver and she failed. And now another driver's training her. And when she passes, 
can I get the credit and become an OBI? And so uh, Mike said, what? He said, <laughs> he said, so he told him again. He said, well, who's training her? And he said, Nola Dillard. He said, my Nola? <laughs> and so my OBI did like this. She said, listen up. Don't say a word. Listen to this because Mike, Mike got loud. He said, I tell you what, you bring me a person that you trained and they passed, then you'll be an OBI. But you will not get the credit if Nola trained them. So then my boss calls me and says, I guess the cat's out the bag. I said, well, tell the other guy. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> and I was like, God, you smooth like butter. Smooth like butter. My OBI told me, she said, you keep your mouth shut. I said, God, you bad. He is when he's your source. And so just, and so we talked about in the beginning, I was saying when you get your phone, you got your default system. So we got to train our minds when things come up. Don't run to the phone, run to your Bible. Let God be your default. How do I handle this? That's, I'm talking about God being our source, y'all. I'm just trying to make us fall in love with him more. <laughs> Because he loves, he loves us and he cares about every minute detail. Okay, so one more thing I wanted to talk about. And yes, we know this, but sometimes we forget. And like the lady with the issue of blood, she knew her only source for healing was Jesus. So yes, he's our source. He's our healer. He's our great physician. Jeremiah 30 and 17 says, the prophet prophesied, the Lord said, I, for I will restore health unto you. And I will heal you of all your wounds. That's mental wounds, physical wounds, whatever the wound is. I will restore health back to you. Nahum 1 and 9 says, what do you imagine against the Lord? I will make an utter end of it. And it will never rise up a second time. Why? Because his anointing destroys the yoke. So when you got a, uh, when those ox, when, you know, they did two by two when they were out in the field. And they had a yoke around their necks, and that kept them in line. But if you took that yoke that yoke off their neck, and maybe a year later wanted to use them same ox, that yoke wouldn't fit because their necks got bigger. It wasn't restrained. And I'll never forget, it was a healing school. And Pastor Barb said, you know why that yoke was sickness? Well, first of all, she talked about Nahum 1-9. He'll make an utter end of affliction. It can't come back a second time. And that yoke being destroyed, she said, see, the devil can't put that yoke back on you because your neck is fat from the anointing. See, when you read the word, you get fat on the inside and that yoke don't sit no more. That's why it don't come back a second time when he's your source. Amen. Praise God. Jesus paid the price for our healing. He is our provider. Oh, I want to read. Uh, okay, I want to read you something out the message. It's in Genesis 22. Okay, Genesis 22, and it's chapter, wait a minute, Genesis, yeah, Genesis 22. And then I'm just going to read uh, 8 through 14 in the message. God is our source. Okay, 8 through 14. Okay. 
This is when Abraham took an, uh, uh, Isaac and he was offering him to show God that he loved him. And he wouldn't withhold anything from God. So anyway, Abraham said, son of God, Abraham, let's see, do I want to start in eight? Okay, let's start up. And yeah, let's start up. So I'm, let's start at seven. Isaac said to Abraham, his father, father, and he said, yes, my son. He said, we have the flint and the wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? <laughs> Abraham said, son, God will see to it that there is a sheep for the burnt offering. And they kept on walking together. And y'all got to notice, I don't care what come up in your life, God going to see to it when he's your source. They arrived at the place to which God had directed him. Abraham built an altar. He laid out the wood. Then he tied up Isaac and laid him on the wood. Abraham reached out and took the knife to kill his son. Just then an angel of God called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, yes, I'm listening. He said, don't lay a hand on that boy. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearless, I know how fearlessly you fear God. You don't hesitate to place your son, your dear son, on the altar for me. So anyway, he had proven his love for him, for God. Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught in the horns of the thicket, caught by the horns in the thicket. Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named the place. Now, in the message, it says, God, Yireh. I know in other translations it says Jehovah Jireh, but it says God Yireh, God sees to it. That's what we're, that's, that's where we get the saying on the mountain, God sees to it. Now this is the message translation. And so you gotta know, I don't care if you need a job, a house, a healing, God will see to it. When things come up in your life, He is your provider. In an impossible situation, that boy was like, OK, Lord, it's just the two of us out here up here. We need a third party. And that's called the sacrifice. <laughs> but God saw to it. He provided. He provided. Amen. Amen. OK, I think I have one more. First, because we're talking about God being our provider. First Corinthians eight. So we'll go there. I'm getting to the end of it. Thank you. Eight and then five and six. And I wanted to read it from the Amplified. First Corinthians eight, five and six. It says, for even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, and this is all lowercase, because you know people worship all kind of stuff. Yet for us, there is but one God, the Father, who is the source of all things, and we exist for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things, by Jesus Christ, by whom are all things that have been created, and we believers exist and have life and have been redeemed through Him. 
he was what the psalmist was saying is we have one source that's god we've been made you know jesus christ we've been made for jesus christ he lives in us he's going to work through us we live for him he lives for us we live for him it's like a boomerang effect we throw out our love for him he throws out our provision for us whatever we need we throw it out he sends back the answer he sees to it he's our source he is our source Oh, yeah, I saw this and I thought this was excellent. And so I, this is the last scripture and it's in First Kings 2, 1 through 4. I'm going to read it from the Bible. So, uh, so this is the last scripture. First Kings chapter 2. God is our source. You know, there's a, I didn't write it down, but, you know, we all know him, too, as El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough, the all-breasty one. And, you know, that's that all-breasty one, you know, that the milk is in the breast. So that means he is our full supply, but all-breasty, whatever, whatever you need, he got it. So this is First Kings chapter 2. I'm just going to read verses 1 through 4. And the the way the Lord explained it to me is, when God is your source and you enforce that covenant relationship on your family, your family will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. That's why the, the, the instructions were always to teach your kids as they come and as they go. Always have like a, um, they would have like a stone or a rock and then when the kids would say, what that mean? And they would say, this is, this is what this is for. Train your kids in the knowledge of the Lord. Ammunition of the Lord, so when they're old, they won't depart from it. So anyway, David is giving his last instructions to Solomon. And we already know God, David made God his source. So anyway, it's First Kings chapter 2. I'm just going to read 1 through 4. It says, now the days of David drew near that he should die. So he charged Solomon, his son. And I like it. He charged him. He didn't give him a choice. You know how some folks are saying, well, you know, I believe in God, but I don't want to force it on my kids. I want them to make up their own decisions. No, 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 no. We are mandated to raise our kids in the nurture and the ammunition of the Lord. The Bible says that Abraham commanded his family. So David charged Solomon. And he says, and this is what he said, I go the way of the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. So he said, look, I'm about to die. Be strong and stand up on your own two feet. And keep the charge of the Lord, your God. In other words, obey him. To walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, keep his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses. That you may prosper in all that... that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go. So basically, I see it like this. He took Solomon. He said, listen here. This is what you're going to do. You don't have a choice. You're going to obey God. You're going to worship him. You're going to do everything he tells you to do. And when you do that, that's when you're going to prosper. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. The Bible says he charged him. That the Lord may fulfill his word, which he spoke concerning me. You see, what he's saying is, I'm in covenant with God because I obeyed him. So as long as you obey God, everything he told me that he would do for you, you're going to get it. 
David was a bad boy. He knew what he he was a bad boy. That's why the Bible says he was a man after God's heart. Okay, I'm going to read that again. It says, prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, if you obey God. Verse 4, that the Lord may fulfill the word which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. And that's what he told David. Long as you command your family and tell them that they, they need to obey and serve me only, have no other gods before me, I'll prosper them. My wealth and richness will never leave your bloodline. And y'all already know that Jesus came from the lineage of David. And see, blind Bartimaeus, see, I think that's another way he got his healing. Because if y'all think about blind blind Bartimaeus, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew who Jesus was. He had a revelation. And that, and see, Solomon obeyed. Yeah, he was, he messed up at the end of his life, but he was the richest man. Ain't nobody had no riches like, I don't care what George Soros got. They can't, they can't touch that, what Solomon had. Because God was in covenant with David, because that was his source. And Jesus came right on through that bloodline. Our King, our Savior. So it's important, y'all. Make God your source. Amen. Praise God. That's it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we honor you. We lift you up and we bless you. And we thank you that you are our source. You are our King and our Savior. And we love you, Lord. Father, I pray that every day we would default to you. Put you first. You're our first thought in the morning, our last thought at night. Help us to lead a life that pleases you all day long. And, Father, when we fall short, help us not hide from you, but to run to your throne with our sin so that we can be forgiven and set free. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.